Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chicks No Ship podcast. With me today, I have uh, a guest, and those of you who can't see me on video, wearing bright red glasses, very spunky, who is the owner and creator of The Scrappy Frontier, which is all about supporting women in 50 over in business. So how to start businesses, how to run businesses, and you call this the Entrepreneur School for the Typewriter Generation, which I absolutely love. So welcome, Colleen Kohanek to the Thank podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. I am so excited to be here. I am so attracted just to the name of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fun, but very serious just in terms of, you know, reminding us all just how smart and brilliant and badass we are um, at this time of our lives. So tell us a little bit about how you started this, the Scrappy Frontier and why you started the Scrappy Frontier. I know there's a good story in there and uh, I'd love for you to share it with the audience. Okay, super. Well, I will try to give you like the Reader's Digest abbreviated version, but I had a long-term corporate career and educational publishing, loved my job. You know, the last five years I had this great job. I was traveling all over the world, which was fabulous. And then of course, wah, wah, I got laid off alongside 10,000 colleagues. Um, you know, it was a big industry overhaul and I won't bore you with the gory details, but I was 49 at the time and I just knew I didn't want to go back to the corporate life. I was done with, you know, the travel and expense reports and like the death by PowerPoint presentations. I was just kind of over <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> so I thought I was pretty Miss Smarty Pants. I'm like, I'm going to start my own business. How hard can it be? <laughs> and well, so I jumped in and I actually created an online magazine for my small hometown at the time, Apollo Beach, Florida, and was quickly humbled, quickly learned that 30 years of corporate experience and an MBA has absolutely nothing to do with starting an online business. Mm. But I went back to my roots in my really young days. I was a freelance writer for magazines. And so I just thought I'll start an online magazine. And it really propelled me into this online world that I didn't even know existed, really. And so I jumped in and started taking all these courses and learning, and I finally made a go of it. It was working, and you know, I was making money, et cetera. I had definitely not replaced my corporate income, but I was happy that I was, you know, right. it was working. And right. then, unfortunately, my husband became very sick very quickly, and I became his caregiver like within a month, 24-7, homebound. And that was for like eight months. And of course, my, you know, my business was put on a shelf. Uh, you know, it was just put on a shelf. And then he passed away, unfortunately. That was two and a half years ago. Uh, and then, of course, you have this whole period of just, you know, grief. And, you know, you don't know what, yeah. what the heck is going on in your life. But in the meantime, a lot of friends and people were like, how'd you start your business? Like, that is so cool. Like, I want to start a business. I want to start a business. And so I thought, you know, I've already made all the mistakes. I took, you know, when I was homebound with my husband, I started taking 
all the courses, you know, all the biggie courses, mm. you know, the right. Amy Porterfield, try, you know, all of them, B-School. And it was more, I don't want to say entertainment, but distraction, but learning at the same time, I felt like I had my, you know, foot in the game, so to speak. So I'm like, I really learned a lot. And this whole thing of having your own business after 50 is so cool because it's, you know, we get to this point where we want more flexibility and freedom, but we still need money. And we have all of this knowledge and wisdom that we don't even know we have, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. So many of us miss that. So I thought, well, maybe I'll start a business helping women over 50 start their first business. And it was kind of a logical pivot for me because uh, once I started kind of coming out of the cloud of my husband dying and all, I realized my first business, my online magazine, you know, tethered me to one spot, tethered me to mm -hmm. that town. And I thought, I don't think I want that. So I wound up selling that business. I sold the content. It wasn't like, you know, a dot com sale or anything, <laughs> you know, I'm retiring, you know, right. But I sold the content and I thought, I'm just going to start this business. So I came up with the Scrappy Frontier exclusively to help women over 50 start their first online business and hopefully give them this opportunity to start much more smoothly <laughs> than I did without right. all the, you know, trips and hazards and, you know, all the mistakes I made with my first business. Right. That's amazing because there are so many women out there and I hear it from my clients. I hear it in my community who um, have some kind of a dream or an interest in starting a business and talk themselves out of it every day, right? Like, oh, it's not practical. What will people think? I'm not smart enough. I don't have this degree. I don't have that degree. Like, what would you say, what's kind of the first piece of advice you give to a woman who says, you know what, I'd like to start my own business now. Like kind of what's the, the top line thing that you would say to her? Well, first, I'd say BS to everything you just said, but I hear it all the time. Starting, I mean, the opportunity out there with this online world is profound. You can create a business doing just about anything because the world is your market and you are bound to find a market of people who need what you have, even if it's some obscure, weird, bizarre expertise. Yeah. I, mean, I could give you examples of strange businesses. But my first piece of advice would be, go for it. Go for it. You, you will be scared. You will have imposter syndrome. You will uh, be afraid of being judged. All of these things. But I'd say do it anyway. And quite frankly, the, you know, the clarity comes in action. Um, yes. You're never going to get past this because I get it all the time. Like my lady's like, well, once I have this and then this and then this, like once I feel better about my mindset, and I'm like, your ducks will never be in a row. There's always one little bugger that has run off. So just start. And it is a very scary thing. But to me, like once you take the first step and you kind of get a taste, it's, it you know, really opens up the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I think you, well, we were just talking before we started recording and you were talking about the statistic that says that um, women over 50 are just as likely, what is, I'm going to butcher it. Twice as, women over 50 are twice as likely to start a successful business as a 30 year old. Twice as likely. That is mind boggling. And if that doesn't speak to the knowledge and wisdom and experience and how valuable that is, because a lot of, I see this all the time where a lot of us will discount what we know, you know, we've, you know, over our lifespan, you know, 30 year careers or whatever, we've accomplished some really big things. Even if you didn't have a career, 
right? We've still gone through a lot of crap, a lot of shit, and we've come out the other side of it. And if you ask a woman like about her resume, she'll say, oh, well, you know, I just did this or I just did that. Yeah. Right. When the reality is you don't just do, you know, because you had to do it, you did it and you conquered it. And that's a skill. Like there's something to add to your resume. And I think if a lot of us kind of stood back and wrote our own resumes, like real or had somebody else write our resume for us and then looked at it, they'd be like, wow, look at, look at how accomplished this woman is, but we don't see ourselves that way. 100%. And one of the mistakes I think that happens in this online world, this modern world is we look at the wrong things when we're starting. Mm -hmm. We think online, technology, software, scary. I'm not, you know, I don't want to have to know how to code. I, you know, all of this tech stuff, which is just skills on the side that are learnable. And quite frankly, there's so much like stuff done for you now. You don't even have to be a tech wizard. But what we fail to see is we have the most important part of what we need to start a successful business expertise and something, you know, even if you don't have like a business degree and are a degree in whatever it is you want to do, but you've been doing it for 30 or 40 years, you're a goddamn expert in it. I mean, like you can't take that away. So you have the expertise, but to sell that, but we've also, more importantly, we have learned patience, persistence, you know, all of these kind of emotional intelligent things that we don't even know that we know because they're just part of our everyday life. And a lot of women don't know what they know or that they're really great at something because it has just been become part of their everyday life because they've been doing it for so long. So they don't see it as this amazing skill. So when you just said, have somebody else like write your resume, I think that's a great idea. Have other people tell you what you're great at because we often fail to see it. Yeah, that's so true. And the other thing that I find a lot is that we see ourselves in certain identities that it's hard to detach ourselves from. And I know this was true for me having come out of a corporate, a 30 year corporate career and now doing my own thing. You know, I saw myself as, you know, this role, right? Like this particular thing, or, you know, I'm a mom or, you know, I'm a wife or I'm this. And I had to unlearn some parts of all of those things and really kind of come back to, okay, who is me and what do I actually know? Because if I look at me in the context of how my previous career was defined, it's like, oh, I'm a marketing expert. But I can also master technology. I can master sales. I can, I can do all of these things, but I never considered that. Yeah, I think you're 100% on. We, we definitely get pigeonholed in roles, mm-hmm. whether it's roles in our family, roles in our community, roles in a career, if you've been working outside of the home. And it is hard to step out of that. But what you just said is true. You can totally learn these other things. 100%, you can learn these other things. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's so true. And again, I think it comes back to underestimating or just not trusting ourselves. Like this is a a huge theme in like a lot of the podcasts that I do when it comes down to is actually trusting ourselves to a know what we know and own what we know and to be able to take really courageous steps forward, you know, to be able to ask for help for all these things that we just don't trust ourselves enough. I agree. I agree. And I think there's something too about like when you start hitting 50 And I don't know what it is. I think we somehow have like this uh, crisis of confidence somehow because we forget how much we do know and how good we are at certain things because it has become just part of everyday life or maybe, you know, it's not being recognized in some way. And so I think we, and we also get to this point where 
you know, you're not the 22 year old that we see all over the TV and then, mm -hmm. you know, that's on the cover of the magazines. And so there's the whole ageism thing, which, you know, I hate to get into that, but it is a true thing. So we do, it starts to, I think, eat away at our confidence a bit. And then you hit menopause sure. and you're like, well, oh. shit, there's that, you know, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> there's another thing. Yeah. There's but, another. Yeah. But we do, you know, you can't take away what we do know. I think the trick is being able to step back and look and see yeah. really what you do know, because you, yeah. you cannot, be, you know, you can't get to 50 and beyond without knowing a lot of shit really good. 100%. And, you know, I call that um, the midlife paradox, because in so many ways, we are more confident, we're more assertive, we know what we want, yet we get to this place where we doubt ourselves more than we ever have, right? And so we're kind of walking this line between, you know, I've got all this stuff and all this experience, and I doubt myself. And a lot of that has to do, I think, with the way that society reflects what it means to be a 50-year-old woman back to us. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I also see kind of this amazing trend, you know, where you get to 50 and beyond and, you know, you've been the wife, you've been the mom, you've done the carpooling, you've taken care of the PTA, you've done all the organizing, you've done the job and you kind of get to this point where like, it's, you know, it's my effing turn. <laughs> like that's it's exactly. my effing turn to do what I want, but it's sometimes hard to step out of that role as doer and because everybody has come to count on you being that way. So sometimes there's that bit of a struggle as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, we in, in our society promotes this, like our value is in what we do for people, right? Like we do for our jobs, we do for our kids, our, our parents, even when we get to this age, we're doing for everybody. And we are often last on the list until like you said, one day you wake up and you're like, is this it? Is like, this the rest of my life? Like, oh God, no. And then comes the question of like, okay, what now? What do I do? And then pops up these little, oh, I should start a business. Somebody said I should always start a business on. So when women come to you, do they generally have like a solid business idea already? Or do they just have this idea that I want to start a business? I get both. Okay. I get both. And a lot of times if they, I just want to start a business, they do have an idea, but they're often not prepared to share it out loud because mm -hmm. then it makes it real. And then it becomes scary, right. if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And then sense. they're often, you know, they're also quite um, doubtful about, you know, do I even have anything to like sell or create a business with? Is what I have actually worth something? And when I start, you know, talking about businesses I've seen that, you know, do really well, you know, like I, I know some, a woman who has kind of like a decluttering business online, online courses. I mean, she's pulling in almost seven figures. You know, I know people that have started, you know, photography businesses, like teaching it online. So all, you know, it's just about anything that you know how to do really well. Somebody else needs to know how to do it as well. But they often think, oh, that's probably not sellable. Or I wonder if I could do that. And so they don't see the value in it or the, or maybe not the opportunity when the opportunity is really there. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I just talked to a woman the other day who has a very, very successful business. And basically, she sell, she uh, shares cleaning tips. Yeah. I mean, actually, the weirder the niche, <laughs> the better the opportunity. 100%. Yeah. I'm like, who would have thought that you could make a business out of something that we all do every day? And she has like a huge, like a massive following, yeah. all kinds of sponsorship just from, you know, she started, it started with a little Instagram account where she's like, oh, I'm just going to share this tip. Yeah. And yeah, the narrower has, the niche, the bigger yeah. the market. And that's one thing I do 
um, that I know my audience struggles with a lot because they want to help everybody. Like they want to go yeah. do something and help everybody. I said, you're, you're not for everybody and you've yeah. got to be actually for one person. So helping them niche down and really see what the opportunity could be is always the first step. Getting that idea that to me, you know, the, a great idea obviously has to be a valid idea that there's a market for it, but it has to be something you love to do because despite what you see on the internet, <laughs> starting a business is not easy. It is not passive. It's not, you know, you're not working, you're not going to be working from the beach or sitting in front of a Maserati anytime soon. It's hard work. So you darn well better love what you're doing because it's, it's yeah. going to be, there's a ton of flexibility and freedom that comes with an online business after you've established the online business. Yes. Yes. Getting so there, true. whole nother story, whole nother story, but it's totally doable. It's just, you have to have your expectations kind of in the right place when you start. Right. Yeah. So what would you say is the number one roadblock for women over 50 starting a business? Technology. Technology. Mm. And which is a shame because it really doesn't have to be. It's just, we think online business, technology, software. And then when you get into the world a little bit, you start hearing things like email service provider, website, <laughs> you know, all these little things. And you're like, uh, I don't know anything about that. But the truth of the matter is there are so many products out there now created just for us non-techies that you can, you know, have a website up and running easily that has an email service provider built in. So it's really not an excuse anymore, but it's, uh, it's a perceived roadblock that is definitely there. Not to mention that we were talking, like we were talking about before we started recording, we are digital immigrants. And this is a real term that is used in the technology industry that I worked in for my whole career. We came to technology, or I should say technology came to us during our lives, unlike, you know, the younger kids that were born teething on iPads. And we approach technology differently. It's proven. It's proven, you know, if you go to a Microsoft, they're going to talk about digital immigrants and how the user experience is different than for like a 20-something. And the reason that is, is we didn't have the convenience or, you know, I always talk about, you know, in my tagline, I talk about, you know, we're from the typewriter generation. We right. grew up with typewriters. Well, what that forced us to do is if you were typing up a paper, you know, we all had to type papers in school, right? You didn't just sit down and start typing. You had to think it out, write it out, <laughs> outline it, you know, get it ready. Right. And then you started typing. And then if you made a mistake, oh shit, like white out or, you know, we didn't have this opportunity for just copy, paste, delete, you know, duplicate. So our brains definitely, when, like when somebody says, well, just hit the button, you can't hurt it. We're like, like our younger brains were like, you actually can. <laughs> like I'd actually have to start this paper over. So somewhere deep in our minds is still this idea that just hitting buttons and all isn't uh, necessarily the best option. So, but the good news yeah. is we can totally learn it. But the, you know, the technology is like the first, I say perceived, the first yeah, perceived, perceived. and it is, it's challenging, but it's totally, totally learnable. Totally. Oh yeah. Although I can't tell you like coming out of the corporate world where when there's something wrong with your laptop, you walk down to the tech department and you say, here, make it work. Right. You know how many times I sat at my desk going, where is the tech department? Yeah. Like, yeah. where oh, are they? Many times after corporate, where's legal? Where's marketing? Yeah. Where <laughs> 
let me just like give my idea to somebody and have them write some copy for me. Exactly. (laughs) You do become a one woman show and there is a lot to learn that is always going to be outside of your wheelhouse. But to me, that's like the exciting part of starting a business is you do get to bring your expertise or your passion or the thing that you love to do. But you're also in this position now where you're going to be challenged every day which to me is a good thing because I think it keeps us in the game. It keeps Mm -hmm. us relevant. It keeps your brain going. You have this sense of accomplishment every day. Well, most, probably not every day. Some days you're just, I was going to say, I'm just not working working on this anymore. But I think I, to me, that's a lot of that is part of the thrill of the opportunity. Right. Yeah. So when you're first starting out, a lot of this stuff can be like downright paralyzing, like the fear alone, Right. And I remember having this, you know, being very honest here, having this whole um, thing was like, okay, I'm going down this road. Like, what are all my, you know, I have these many, many, many corporate relationships. Like, what are all these people going to think? And then I don't know how to do this. And I don't have this degree. And I don't have, you know, all of the things I don't have. And it was literally like building a wall of fear around myself, like to a point where I couldn't move forward. How do you address that with the women that you work with? It's huge. Fear of failure is huge. And fear of being judged is huge. And, you know, really, it's something you have to get out of yourself, like nobody else can fix it for you. But I definitely try to talk about this mindset of if somebody says to you, Jennifer, what the hell do you think you're doing? Right? You know what? It's usually their problem or issue. Because inside they're thinking, wow, Jennifer is like actually going and doing and, you know, chasing this dream that she has while I'm still sitting in here in my like corporate cubicle, you know, Wishing I could do that. Only wishing I could do that. So I think there's that. I think it's maybe a switch of mindset. And I think it's also just this acceptance that you are going to be afraid. And you just bring it along with you. You're never going to have like all the skills you need, all the right tools, you know, that that suddenly it's okay to start. But we know that deep down. We've lived long enough to know that sometimes you just have to bring it alongside you. And it's going to be. Yeah, that is so true because I think too, if you're coming from the corporate world, you know, and like I used to run like a lot of big projects in the corporate world and you, you know, it's like, you know, do we have the funding? Do we have this expert? Do we have that? Right. And then, so you're like building this thing. Okay. We have everything we need. Now we can move forward. Right. And then you try and bring that mindset then into your own thing. And you're like, oh, but wait, it's just me. And I don't have, and I can't, and I, you know what I mean? It can be overwhelming. Um, And I hear that. I do hear that a lot. It is. It it definitely can be overwhelming. 100%. I think, and I think it's exacerbated by once you start to get in the online world, you like, maybe you start Googling stuff or whatever. Now you're pixeled. Meaning, you know, everybody in the world knows that you're interested in this. So now you start getting inundated with this course and this tool and this strategy and this. So then it even becomes way more overwhelming. And so I just say to my women, like, you've got to take a step back and just we're going to start with step one. You need an idea. We need to validate it. Okay, like Mm -hmm. just go do that. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about you don't have a website. And like that's you're putting the cart before the horse. I oftentimes get women that'll come, they're like, okay, I need a website. I need branding. I need a logo. I need (laughs) colors. And I'm like, what do you do? I don't know yet. I'm like, okay, so we don't need those things yet because (laughs) you have no idea what the hell you do. Right. Let's not put the cart before the horse. So I really just try like 
you need an idea and we need to validate it. We need to make sure that it's something people will pay for, which is very easy to do. Next, you do need to start getting visible really before anything, because the first thing you have to do is start building an audience, which is really the terrifying part because people are like, well, how can I start building an audience when I don't actually have a product and I don't have this? I'm like, but you need your audience because if you don't have an audience to sell to, you have nothing. Right. <laughs> and also, you know, getting this early audience is going to become like your soundboard for ideas. You're going to practice your messaging. You're going to practice your offers. And so even if you don't have a website, let's get you on Facebook at least, you know, talking about this you know, get a hundred people in there and then you have this great sounding board to even, and it is an uphill battle against all that we're inundated with once you get into the world, because suddenly you need this course, you need this course, you need this course. And this guy said to do it this way. And this woman says it to do it this way. And it can become really overwhelming. Been there, done yeah. it. I mean, I've taken all the courses. I've had yeah. all the cool I've had all the, and so it's, so it's been a good experience for me just to step back and say, you got to take it just one small step at a time. And the biggest thing is commitment to it. You will fail yeah. in the beginning. You will get it wrong. You will get haters. You will get all these ugly, you know, you'll get that asshole that emails you some nasty comment or whatever. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. So you just got to stay committed to the process. Yeah. And you said it earlier. I mean, action really is the antidote to fear, right? Like you take one small step forward and you're like, okay, I did that one. And then you take the next one. Right. And then over time you build yeah. a body of evidence, you know, that builds confidence, which is uh, absolutely yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing that keeps you going. Right. Like, and, and, and like you said before, like you're learning so much, like just every day is a new experience of things either to do or not to do. And some days there will be the long list of not to do's. Yeah. Or I wish I hadn't or. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But, yeah. and so being resilient to, you know, little failures along the way, right. Of course, correct and move forward. Like that's yeah. just been kind of the biggest yeah. thing because, you know, we, I mean, we grew up with a long history of being afraid of being wrong. Like it starts when we're in, in school and you put up your hand and you got the answer wrong. And the teacher says, no, you're wrong. And you feel shamed in class. And then for the rest of your life, you're like, I'm going to try my hardest to not be wrong and to not fail at anything. Yeah. And then you well, enter the world. started on the educational system. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It hasn't changed in a hundred years, but 100%. And you know, what is that quote? We either win or we learn. And, you know, I tell my audience all the time, you will fail. They're like, oh, I'm so afraid to go like do a Facebook live. You know, what do people think? I'm like, oh, you don't have to be afraid. You are totally going to suck. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. You will totally suck your first few Facebook lives. Trust me. <laughs> like We can just put that to rest right now. So I'm very honest with them. Like, so what? You suck. You know what? You yeah. did it. You you hit yeah. the live button and hundred other people didn't. So, you know, yeah. people don't get to judge you. But I we do have this fear and we do want to be right. And we, you know, we also have this whole societal thing that, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, a good girl and you're not yeah. supposed to be pushy. Or, so we don't so we then we think sales is pushy and so it's all these blocks we have to overcome. Yeah. yeah. But they're overcomable. I mean, they are totally overcomable. And I see like all these people out there, you know, grabbing this opportunity. And I'm like, we are so equipped to grab it. If we don't, you know, I'll shake you if you don't grab it. Like, you've got to go do it. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. For sure. And that was the whole reason why I started this podcast is because when I was 50 and basically looking at the prospect of reinventing my life completely. So very similar to you ended up, you know, no longer in a 30-year career for a number of reasons. You know, I was divorced. I was an empty nester, and I was also sick at that time. But when I started looking around at 
Like, okay, where are the examples of women starting over, you know, at the age of 50? Because in our society, you're supposed to be riding off into the retirement sunset. Yeah. Right. And I was like, well, I'm not ready for that yet. Like there's a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. You got to learn to play bridge. Right. And I think you said earlier too, ride around in a golf cart. Right. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I am not there yet. And so I started looking around like, okay, where are the examples of women like starting businesses and like doing incredible things? And man, I had to look like long and hard to find those examples. And I'm like, they have to be out there. So, I mean, I actually dedicated this podcast to talking about like women sharing their stories of how they succeeded past the age of 50, right? And then talking to experts like you who, again, succeeded past the age of 50 and are now passing that along to other women over 50. Like we need a movement around this, right? And it's building, like it's building slowly because we're giving each other permission as we go. It's like, oh, look, look what she did at 50. I can do that at 50. Yes. And I do love, because I do see more and more of people talking about this topic, you know, not just starting a business after 50, but this whole midlife and beyond thing. And it, it makes me so happy to see that trend happening. Me too. And more and more people out there. And I love to like, this is really interesting because as I said, I've taken all the courses, like the biggie courses out there. So I'm in their insider groups. I have gone into these groups and I said, Hey, anybody else over 50 in here? They come out of the woodwork. Yeah. I mean, isn't that true? Dozens and dozens. And I'm like, where have you been? Because we kind of sit in the shadows because we're like, I'm here, I'm learning, but I'm afraid to raise my hand in case I ask a stupid question, which there's no such thing. But when I ask, hey, any other over 50s and they come out. So I'm like, that makes me so happy. I'm like, we're there. We're there. We're in. We're in there. Like we're in the game. We just haven't learned how to like speak up about it yet or because of all the societal stuff. And like you said, riding off into the sunset, you know, playing bridge and all that. And so we have that, but I do see more and more evidence, which is great (laughs) of it happening and still a long, long way to go as well. Oh, for sure. And I think we're like the first generation of midlife women. Like we're very, very different than the previous generations of midlife women. I feel like we are so much more um, connected. We are, you know, well, we're the first generation of women to have had like full-time families and full-time careers at the same time, like for, for our entire career, right? Like, so, I mean, just that alone is a major accomplishment, right? But we are just so much more in tune, like, like there's this depiction of women over 50 as being less relevant, which is such bullshit, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I just, I feel like this whole movement that's building underneath it. And, you know, as we empower each other, we're, we're kind of leading the way we are setting the stage for what our daughters and granddaughters are going to yeah. think about women over 50. Because 100%. Yes. Before I got here, women over 50, it was like, oh yeah, that's when I start thinking about settling down to retirement. And when I got yeah. here, I was like, oh shit, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. And just looking forward to grandkids. Yeah. And saying, right. hey, nothing wrong with grandkids, but there's more to life after 50 than just the grandkids, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I, you know, I'm with you. I see it happening, but there's a long way to go. But, you know, you think about it, like we're like, we're almost half the age like that our parents were at our own age, you know, physically, the opportunities we have, we're healthier, we're living longer. I mean, the harsh reality is also we are living a lot longer and healthier. So just because I mean, I have some dear friends who are 80, traveling the world, working. I mean, you would never know they're 80. Uh, And so there's, you know, a harsh reality as well. I get, you know, people in my audience that are like, I don't have enough money. Like, 
for this extended lifespan or you know, I'm getting to retire now and I do want to start a business basically because there's a whole bunch of stuff I want to do that I need to fund. Like I want to travel around the world or, you know, hop in the RV or do whatever. And the, you know, the hard truth is a lot of people don't have the finances to, you know, pay for that healthier, longer lifestyle. So starting a business is a great opportunity for that because Again, once it's established, you can have a lot of flexibility and freedom. But it's a, you know, it's a true reality. I mean, the opportunity is great. We get to do, you know, you know, I love to kayak and travel and, you know, all these things. But you also got to pay for it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so and, you know, here in the States, you know, Social Security, no, you cannot live on a fixed income. You just, you know, it's impossible. Right. So if you haven't, you know, been in corporate a long time with a 401k and matching and all that rigmarole that a lot of people don't then, you know, you're going to have to look for other opportunities. But the great thing is the opportunity is there. Yeah. I saw some stats a little while ago on the levels of poverty in women over 50. And it was staggering. Astonishing. Like Mm -hmm. the, you know, how many, what percentage, and especially women are living below the poverty line after the age of 50. It's, it's a, I can't even remember the number now. I really wish I could, but it is mind blowing to me. Right. Well, because they oftentimes they stayed at home and so they weren't working. So they don't have the retirement plans, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it goes back to the whole ageism, sexism thing, but exactly. It's scary. It is scary. But again, like the opportunity is there. It is, you know, starting a business is not easy. I'm not going to blow unicorns up anybody's skirt, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And it's, you know, I, I recently did this talk at a summit and I was like, it's really my reason for getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. It's become my new purpose. It is like my hobby and my life, but I love doing it because you get to, you know, whenever you get to do something you love to do and you're good at, it just feels good. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And then you get yeah. to make money doing it also. And yeah, there's a lot of big things you have to learn and figure out, but they're all doable. They're all doable. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 And anybody who's been listening to this podcast for any length of time has heard me say probably ad nauseum by now that this is actually probably the most powerful point in your life to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. Because at this point, you've put in the time, you have all of the knowledge and wisdom and experience, you know yourself, right? Like, you know where you're coming from, you know your strengths, you know your skills. And when you package all that together and then just pour on a little bit of drop of confidence and hop over that barrier of fear, then you're unstoppable. Yeah, I love that. I love it. It is. It is really, we have, you know, far fewer responsibilities. Like you said, you're an empty nester and, you know, you, um, we're, yeah, we're just in this great place where we're not tethered to the PTA and, you know, (laughs) all these things. And the carpool. And And I don't have children. I have stepchildren. But I, you know, I still, it is just this great opportunity that you can basically paint whatever picture you want. And the great thing is society has opened up a lot and, you know, just go, you know, paint whatever lifestyle you want. You know, we have kind of loosened the societal, you know, rules, Mm -hmm. so to speak, of what a life should look like. So there's more exactly there as well. Exactly. yeah. And and the other thing is to dare to dream, right? Like let yourself play with your dreams, like dabble in it, relish in it, you know, picture yourself in that place, running that business or doing that thing, right? Like spend some time creating that vision for yourself because then once you know what that feels like and what it looks like, it's so much easier to get there. 
Absolutely. And yeah, and once you have a plan, then you just work backwards and you know how to get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's um, one thing I do. My, a lot of my audience, they, they're afraid to dream big. Because I'll poll my audience. I'm like, so what, like, what is your dream revenue goal? Like for every month, what would be your dream revenue goal? And they'll be like, oh, like 2000 a month, 5000 I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not, no, this is way harder to just be dreaming like that. I'm like, you wouldn't be happy with like 20K or 30K a month? Oh my God. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. And I'm like, then say it, dream it. You know, you're not going to get there until you dream it. I'm not saying you're going to get there tomorrow. But if you, yeah. I'm a believer in set the bar high because we always you know, we always come to that bar. So set it high. So why is it, do you think that we are afraid to dream? Like to actually acknowledge big dreams and goals? I think it's the fear of disappointment. Mm. And it's the fear of the unknown, not knowing how to get there. And I think we often think we need to know everything before we start. And we're definitely, you know, we have come from a generation where there were actually directions for products, you know, like you could go like do this, 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 like software doesn't come with directions anymore. You're just like expected to know how to use it intuitively. Uh, <laughs> talk about that. Right. But I think, so we do have kind of this maybe intercultural thing that we definitely, we don't just hit the buttons. We don't just hit the buttons. We want to know like, we want, we're planners. We want yeah. to know every step. And if we don't know every step, we have this fear of jumping. And I'm like, just leap before you look. You yeah. will figure it out on the way down. Trust that me. That is you will so figure true. It out. Yeah. And that comes back around to self-trust, like to be able to trust yourself to manage whatever happens. Yes. Right? Yes. And like, what do they say? Necessity is the mother of all invention. If you yeah. put it out there, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Over time, you will absolutely figure it out. Over time, you definitely will. And it's one step at a time. You know, hit that go live button. You'll figure it out. (laughs) It'll, you know, you'll say something. (laughs) You'll say something. Yeah, you'll figure it out. But yeah, you will. Yeah. And I think it's that. So I think a lot of us do. I think it's just the fear of disappointment and not knowing exact, you know, everything that's going to happen along the way. Well, and too, again, we've been trained that way to, you know, plan every step right? It's going to look like this. It's going to look like that. It's going to look like, and then, so we manipulate and control things, right? Like to kind of get it that way. And then when it doesn't line up exactly as we thought it should, oh my goodness, I failed. When, if you're coming from a place more of trusting yourself and, you know, trusting, you know, what's rolling out in front of you that look, oh, it doesn't look exactly like I did, but oh boy, did I learn X, Y, and Z along the way. And, you know, eventually you get there. It's You do. You do. And I think you have to learn like, oh, that didn't work. Okay. (laughs) We'll try this, you know, try it this way this time. And I think we have to learn that flexibility. And I think we have to learn, you know, things move faster these days with technology and the internet. Mm -hmm. So we have to just be kind of ready for that as well. I think if you could just know that the answer is out there. Yeah. You just may not know it yet. Yeah. And I definitely think that starting a business is probably the biggest course in self personal self-development you will ever, ever, ever take. <laughs> 100%. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't know yourself before. You will really, you will really quickly. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing that you wrote a blog on that I would love you to talk about. And you talk about the three old school skills that give you massive advantage in business. What are those? 
Oh my gosh, let me see if I can remember them now. That was an older blog post. Well, the first one I will say is, and this is, it kind of encompasses all of, you might have to jog my memory what I said, but one of them is we have this incredible skill that is no longer taught and it's critical thinking. Yes. And we have this critical thinking skill. So if you ever used a library card catalog system, which we all did, you know, you learned it in third grade or whenever we learned it, you have this ability to think through things. It's the same as when you, you know, hit the typewriter and you had to think through what you were going to type first. You had to organize it and think through it and, da, 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 and know what you were going to say and write and everything. So we have this ability to critically think, which has been, you know, sucked out of the educational system for, <laughs> I, mean, I won't even get into that conversation, but with these, you know, standardized tests and everything and, you know, kids don't learn how to think anymore or yeah. think through. So you think about like the library card catalog system, like you're supposed to go write a paper on such and such. Well, okay. Well, you, what is such and such? What would I even know? Like, where would I even start? How would I even look up the answer? Where would I go? We've learned the skill to think through things in a much deeper way. And it's like this skill that's so intangible and having come from the educational world, it is probably critical thinking is actually a course now that is taught in universities because kids get to university and teachers are like, you know, they don't know how to think. They don't know how to think. And so it's like this real intangible skill we have that that we do have. Yes. That is so interesting because if there's one thing, I mean, if you ever read the news or read the news online and you see people's comments, it's very obvious that critical thinking is missing from a huge chunk of the population. It's scary. It's It's scary. scary. You see it every day on social media and you see it in the way debate has like just fallen into the, you know, the cesspool because people don't know how to argue intelligibly or debate their side, you know, evidence-based. And we have that naturally because it's, we didn't have access to instant information. We didn't have access to, you know, you know, I've talked to young kids like, uh, he's not young anymore, but like my nephew, who's, I guess he's now almost 30. So he's not young, but I remember having a conversation with him and he's like, well, that's so boring or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but you want to be able to have like an intelligent conversation. He's like, I'll Google it. And I'm like, well, that's not quite the same as like actually, you know, like knowing like what happened in the Civil War. You know what I mean? It's like saying you can Google it. So I think we have, it's a very intangible asset that we definitely have that younger people don't. And so we just have this, I think, ability to, you know, think more deeply about whatever it is we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is so, that is yeah. so, so and I'm true. trying to remember the other two, Jennifer. Um, let me see if I have it right here. Hang on one second. This oh, is embarrassing. No, that's <laughs> this okay. is awkward. <laughs> no, that's okay. Because I do write about old school skills a lot because we yeah. do. Well, and like the typewriter, I always talk about like the typewriter. That was one that helped us with critical thinking, planning, organizing your thoughts in a good way. Yeah, I was going to say, I think those were the other two. <laughs> yeah, and that is, yeah. you know, in an online business, as you know, or any business, messaging is everything. So this ability, even if you're not a writer or whatever, to organize your thoughts like in an, in an articulate way, super important in business, far more important than, you know, 
a lot of other things. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think you, I think it was you that talked about this, the ability for written communication as well too, right? Like that was something that we learned in school, like how to put a proper sentence together with all the the full spelling of every word. (laughs) Yes, well, you know, we had the diagram sentences, remember that? Yeah, and punctuation, remember punctuation? Punctuation, we had to learn to write, we had to know the parts of speech. Yeah. You know, we, we joke about these things, but actually communication is critical. Yeah, in your business, Huge. and I see a lot of people just don't have those skills anymore. It's not taught yeah. anymore. I mean, to the depth that it was when we were were younger, and and I think also just this whole idea that we were not brought up with like this instant communication, instant. You know, everything now is instant, 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 and we don't have. We didn't grow up with that, so we are used to waiting for. We're used to patience. We're used to you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Like we don't have meltdowns if your Amazon two day arrives on yeah. day three. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, because, you know, we didn't have that ability. So I think this kind of intangible patience and persistence as well will take us very far in a business. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So where can somebody who is thinking about starting a business find you online? Just come to scrappyfrontier.com and at the very top, you'll see a button where you can get started with Business Starter Toolkit and that's where you find me, scrappyfrontier.com. Okay, perfect. I will put a link to that in the show notes so people can uh, find you easily. But this has been a great conversation. I think this is going to be of huge value to my listeners because I know there's a lot of kind of career contemplation going on in this community and, you know, thinking about the what's next. And I know there are many with ideas and dreams around business and the getting started, like taking those first steps can seem overwhelming. But, you know, with your help, and the scrappy frontier, I think we can uh, make those steps a lot less overwhelming and just start moving towards it. So thank you. Thank you for what you do in the world. It's so appreciated and so needed. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for creating this podcast (laughs) and participating and moving the movement along and moving the bar because it's so important. Yeah, we need, we basically need a whole army of people with the same message that, you, you know, the work that you're, you're doing and that I'm doing. And eventually, you know what, we, the tides will change and uh, it'll become more commonplace. So Absolutely. thank you for spending the time with me today. Uh, I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.